Here we go. You are listening to Law and Gospel Wednesday Bible Study on this September the 18th in the year of our Lord, 2023. And we're going to be taking a look at Proverbs chapter 17, verse 7 and on. And this is Solomon under inspiration of the Holy Spirit with advice to a wise son, part three. So a wise son is someone who is a believer, and he is a son who definitely listens to Jesus Christ. And you say, well, wait a minute. Was Jesus Christ in the Old Testament? Absolutely. He's in Genesis chapter 1, verse 3. He's on the mountain and the burning bush with Moses. In fact, Jesus appears many, many times in the Old Testament. And so this is Solomon giving advice to a wise son. And here's what he says in verse 7. Fine speech is not becoming to a fool, still less a false speech to a prince. Now, part of the goal of a pastor, and that's me, is to explain the English, not just the original Hebrew or languages of the Bible. So what is he talking about? Fine speech is not becoming to a fool. What he's saying is in the original that lips that produce an excess of words is not really becoming to someone who is a fool. It it doesn't help a fool at all. Uh, For example, let's say you meet someone and you're talking about everything you do and you never make a mention of what the other person is doing and so the person leaves you with an idea that you think very highly of yourself but do not give much care to what somebody else is doing or thinking that's what solomon is saying here That's not becoming. That's not good. It doesn't really help a fool to have lips producing excess words. And still less is false speech to a prince. What's he talking about there? He's talking about rulers who give false speech. They're even worse than a fool giving fine speech. Why? Because they are leading people down the wrong path. That's very important to understand that when you go to ahead and vote for someone who is an officer, uh, not only in the government, but also in the church, uh, to make sure that they will not be doing false speech. And false speech means, well, in the church, telling lies about what God says. A good example 
is what Mark Smith said about evolution. If you have people who believe in evolution, that is false speech. And therefore, they should neither be officers in the church or certainly not good rulers because there are no morality in evolution. I mean, lions eat their cubs, kill their spouses. Is, is that what we want to do is follow the evil world of the animals? And, and that's what you hear people saying. Well, look at this is what happens in the world of animals. And a human being is simply a different animal. No, a human being is quite different than an animal. So false speech by those who are rulers is not considered appropriate. Verse eight, a bribe is like a magic stone in the eyes of the one who gives it. Wherever he turns, he prospers. Now, the important point here that Solomon is talking about is from the perception of an unbeliever, when they do a bribe, it's like a gem because they prosper through their bribes. Uh, we, we hear this a lot of times in movies where, for example, a son commits a crime, but the parents cover it and they say, well, we're not going to tell anybody about what you did, but you better start obeying. A bribe is against God's word in Exodus 23, verse 8. But a lot of people like to use a bribe because it often turns to prosperity in whatever they want. It's like a magic stone, and a magic stone would be a gem. And therefore, a bribe in one's own eyes, one thinks he's pretty clever when he does a bribe because he then becomes prosperous but it's a prosperity that is built on sin and therefore God does not condone it. So though you may become prosperous through your bribes, it's contrary to the will of God. It's like false speech on the part of a ruler. Verse nine, whoever covers an offense seeks love, but he who repeats a matter separates close friends. Now, if there's anything that you learn from the book of Proverbs, it's that these are the teachings that are also found in the rest of the Bible. This idea, whoever covers an offense promotes love, is really what 
Matthew is writing about in chapter 18, beginning with verse 15. If your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you have gained your brother. What does it mean if he listens? It means that he repents of his sin. And therefore, you are able to cover that sin with the forgiveness of Jesus Christ. Remember in Genesis, when Adam and Eve sinned and they recognized that they were naked, they tried to clothe themselves with plants. That word clothe really kind of refers to the word forgiveness. God closes us with the righteousness of Christ. Remember, the Christians are wearing white garments in the eyes of God because they have been purified. So when your brother sins against you, go and talk to him. And if he repents, you have gained your brother. Verse 16 continues though. If he does not listen, take one or two others along with you that every charge may be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. Now, what charges are we talking about? Well, we've done that in our ministry where we have someone who leaves in one situation her husband. In other words, she no longer wants to be married to him, but that is contrary to God's will. And if she refuses to listen to a person who indicates that that's wrong, then you take two or three witnesses that also have evidence of her leaving her husband. And if she refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if she refuses to listen even to the church, let her be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. Now, in that sense, Matthew is using those terms that are very negative in Jewish thinking. To be a Gentile means not to be a part of Judaism. And to be a tax collector means to be working with the Romans. And therefore, that's not a nice person. Jesus continues in verse 18, truly I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. This is what's referred to as the office of the keys, namely the key to enter into heaven is done by a person repenting of their sin, receiving the gift of forgiveness. And that's what Solomon says in verse nine, whoever covers 
an offense seeks or promotes love. That's how we promote love, by telling a person to repent. But he, the rest of verse 9, who repeats a matter, separates close or intimate friends. What does that mean? Well, it says in verse 15, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. In other words, don't gossip about it until you have corrected it with the individual. Uh, this happened to me once on the radio. I was listening to a program before mine where a pastor seemed to say that even when we baptize an infant, we can't be sure that the infant is saved. That's really up to God. And I began my program by saying, you just heard false teaching because God promises in baptism to forgive sins and give the gift of the Holy Spirit. And I spoke against what the pastor had said. Now he was a member of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, and I was reprimanded for using my radio program to speak out against another pastor before I had spoken to them about what I had imagined they had said. So I'm very careful in not speaking out against the false teaching of other Lutheran Church Missouri Synod pastors by name until I have spoken to them about what I think they have said. And that's what a pastor does. We do not repeat what we hear from members. For example, can you think that when I leave a congregation, my last sermon goes through the sins of every person in the congregation that I know about? That would be gossip. That would be contrary to the word of God, both in Proverbs 17, verse 9, and in Matthew 18, verse 15. Verse 10, a rebuke goes deeper into a man of understanding than a hundred blows into a fool. Now, what's Solomon talking about there? Well, a rebuke means a reprimand. This is what parents are to do. They are to reprimand their children because as they grow up and they sin, they are counseled not to do it again, and they have a lot of discipline involved in that. But a child who has understanding, in other words, they trust their parents because they've heard about Jesus, and they trust Jesus, therefore a reprimand impresses a child because that child is a person of understanding. 
That term understanding is very clear because it's talking about an understanding of the wisdom of Jesus Christ. And therefore, a proper reprimand impresses such a child better than a hundred blows would impress a fool. Now, what we mean by a hundred blows is punishment after punishment. And a lot of parents, sometimes they don't recognize that. Verse 11, an evil man seeks only rebellion and a cruel messenger will be sent against him. This is really a critical verse in Proverbs 17, uh, verse 11, because an unbeliever promotes only rebellion against God. For example, Romans chapter 13, verse 4, for a ruler is God's servant for your good. If you do wrong, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword in vain. For he, that's a ruler, is the servant of God, an avenger who carries out God's wrath on the wrongdoer. But it's also clear from Acts chapter 5, when a ruler encourages us to disobey God, then we don't obey the ruler. We obey God rather than men. So if you have a ruler who thinks it's okay to have an abortion or marry someone of the same gender or believe in evolution or these kinds of things, we don't obey such a ruler. We obey God instead. And a cruel messenger will be sent against such a ruler. Now, what is a cruel messenger? You may think that that's talking about the devil. No, not necessarily. The word messenger also refers to angels, not only angels that are evil, but angels that are good, but are used by God. Uh, for example, there is a big army set to go against Jerusalem, surround the city, but at night an angel is sent among them and they think that they are at war with the Jerusalemites, the Israelites. So they begin to fight one another. In other words, the army is vanquished by means of a cruel angel. That angel who is cruel can also be Jesus Christ. What? When did that occur? That occurs when during the Exodus, a cruel messenger, Jesus, was the angel of death who put to death the firstborn in every household where there was not the blood of a lamb over the doorway. That was 
a cruel messenger. It was the angel of death and even went so far as to kill Pharaoh's son, which resulted in him allowing Israel to depart from Egypt until he changed his mind and chased after them, resulting in his whole army being drowned in the Red Sea. That was what a cruel messenger can do against an evil ruler who promotes only rebellion. Verse 12, we're going to spend a little time on this. Let a man meet a she-bear robbed of her cubs rather than a fool in his stupidity. Now, what does that mean? Well, if you've heard anything about female bears, they really want to take care of their cubs. And the worst thing that you can do is to fool around with a cub of a she-bear. She will attack you. But God says here through Solomon that it's actually better to come against a she-bear robbed of her cubs rather than come against a fool in his stupidity. Why? A she-bear can put you to death in the flesh, but a fool in his stupidity can put you to death in your eternity. Many people, young people today, are leaving the church, and that's because they are listening to fools. This idea of a she-bear is actually found in the Bible, outside of Proverbs. It's in Hosea chapter 13. God has relentless judgment against Israel because they have turned from worshiping him to others. Uh, listen to these passages, verse 2, talking about Israel. And now they sin more and more, and they make for themselves metal images, idols skillfully made of their silver, all of them the work of craftsmen. It is said of them, those who offer human sacrifice and kiss calves. This is what happened in Israel. They began to worship other idols. Uh, this is because uh, the king at times like Ahab and his queen Jezebel would set up worship centers for idols. They would sacrifice human beings to these idols and they would kiss objects that they themselves had created out of metal, which have no life in them, but they are sacrificing lives to these things. God continues in verse four, Hosea. But I am the Lord your God from the land of Egypt. You know no God but me, 
and besides me, there is no Savior. Now, this is Old Testament. It continues, verse 5. It was I who knew you in the wilderness, in the land of drought. But when they had grazed, they became full. They were filled, and their heart was lifted up. Therefore, they forgot me. What God is referring to is that he is the one who helped them in the land of drought by giving them water, by giving them bread from heaven, manna, by giving them birds to eat meat, and yet they forgot God. So, verse 7, listen to this. I am to them like a lion, like a leopard. I will lurk beside the way. I will fall upon them like a bear robbed of her cubs. I will tear open their breasts, and there I will devour them like a lion, as a wild beast would rip them open. He destroys you, Israel, for you are against me, against your helper. This occurred a number of times in the Old Testament, but it also occurred with the Babylonian captivity where Israel was taken away. And yet, the Bible, even in the Old Testament, has law and gospel. The gospel is heard in the next chapter of Hosea, chapter 14. Return, O Israel, to the Lord your God, for you have stumbled because of your iniquity, stumbled into the hands of a she-bear. And he encourages repentance, for the ways of the Lord are right, the upright walk in them, but transgressors stumble in them. That's Hosea 13 and 14, backing up Proverbs 17. We'll continue with Proverbs 17 next week. I'm Tom Baker. Thanks for listening. God bless you. Listen to Law & Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law & Gospel, please make your check out to Law & Gospel and mail to Law & Gospel P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri 63132 or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.